podcast where we're going to talk about things. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. Thanks for joining us. We are ready. We're following along with readings from usccb.org. Today is January 24th. Uh, this Sunday is January 24th, and it is the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our first reading is from Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's bidding. Now Nineveh was an enormously large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began his journey through the city and had gone but a single day's walk, announcing, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil way, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. And he did not carry it out. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 25. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. In your kindness remember me, because of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. And our second reading comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. From now on, let those having wives act as not having them, those weeping as not weeping, those rejoicing as not rejoicing, those buying as not owning, and those using the world as not using it fully. For the world in its present form is passing away. The Gospel is from Mark chapter 1. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the Gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They, too, were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. All right, so go ahead and take a couple minutes, uh, look over the readings again if you need to. If you're doing this with some friends, uh, take a minute for each of you to individually go through the readings and see if there's anything that stands out to you. We're going to discuss some of the things that stand out to us and hope that uh, we can lead you guys through this Bible study. I'll jump right in here with uh, Jonah. So the story of Jonah, um, most of us know, right? Like, We've got the Veggie Tales and different things like that. Every children's Bible has, you know, either Noah's Ark or Jonah and the Whale as, like, the cover of the children's Bible, uh, different things like that. We're all pretty familiar with this story, but we're getting the kind of the back half. Like, Jonah's told to go do this. He's like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> Decides he's going to run in the opposite direction of Nineveh. Uh, descends into the bowels of the boat. 
Uh, and that's kind of an important thing, right? Like whenever we turn away from God, there's dissension. Um, so he descends to the bottom of the boat. They bring him out. They're like, hey, man, who's your God? Because this storm is terrible. And he's like, I, my God is the Yahweh, the, the one who is feared because of who he is. And yet the other people all recognize like, hey, you don't actually fear your God. You're hiding from your God. And this God is scary. And he's like, okay, then kill me. And they're like, no, we don't want to make your God angry. Throw him overboard. He's swallowed by the whale, descends again, right, into the, the belly of the whale. And then the whale descends. And then we get where we're at, right? Uh, so Jonah, Jonah finally is like, fine, I'll do this. Kind of unique in terms of the prophets, right? A lot of times when we, we think of prophets, we think of people who are like, uh, visionaries into the future of what's supposed to be, but really they're, they're God's messengers. Jonah has the unique assignment of being the prophet who asks, who is asked to go out and prophesy, 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 whatever the word is, to pagans. So the rest of the prophets were going to the Israelites, which may not have been much fun either because they had to tell the Israelites that the world was going to be their world was going to kind of be destroyed. But he has to go to the pagans. And there's no wonder that like he didn't want to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was notoriously known for like the worst place you could possibly go. One of the kings of Nineveh, we know historically, like built his castle on the bones and flesh of other armies he had defeated. So Nineveh was not like the most happening place to hang out if you were uh, a man who feared God. Uh, but clearly, like, Jonah didn't carry it away. He was like, no, I've, Nineveh's scarier than whoever this God is. Until finally it's like, okay, fine, God's a little bit scarier. Um, and we also have this, like, weird moment where he goes through and he kind of shares God's message. But, like, there's no good news that he gives, right? Like, other prophets, even with the bad, they share some good in the end. But he just says... 40 days, you're all going to be destroyed. And he kind of like washes his hands of it. You know, he's not like our other prophets who bring like joy into the, the darkness that, that they're bringing. They're like, okay, everything's dark and terrible, but there's going to be a light. Jonah's just like, nope, everything's dark and terrible. Nineveh's going to be destroyed. You're awful people. And I think, like I imagine that he's totally shocked by the response. That as soon as he says this, they're all like, oh, we need to start fasting. We need to put on the sackcloth, which we we know is a form of repentance, right? Like they, they would have understood like they're repenting, they're turning uh, away from their evil. And so God spares them, which I'm sure also was an absolute shock to, to Jonah because he was probably like, wait, seriously? Um, not the best prophet that we have, but also with a, a very powerful message. So yeah, that that story always stands out to me quite a bit. A lot of symbolism, the, the 40 days that it took to uh, heal, but, you know, goes with the, the, the 40 years in the desert, 40 days that Jesus was in the desert, three days in the belly of the whale, um, and the dissension uh, reminds us of our creed that talks about Jesus descended into hell for three days. So, yeah. One thing that I really like about these readings is um, it's always good, something I've tried to do of just like finding themes that run through all the readings um, when we're looking at like a Sunday readings like this and 
one thing that definitely is very obvious in these is just like the role of the prophet who has to go tell somebody like bad news. Um, and Jonah, obviously, that there's the whole reason that he avoids it, um, that he avoids the mission at all and runs away and uh, gets on that boat is because he's afraid of doing what, um, what God has sent him to do. And yet, um, eventually, he does it. He works up the courage, or at least, you know, God gives him the courage in some way or another to go and tell Nineveh, like, hey, you all need to fix this. Um, because God is, uh, the judgment of the city is at hand. Um, and then in the gospel, we also have um, Jesus saying, um, he's proclaiming the gospel, this is the time of fulfillment, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Um, and I, like, I love that they just throw in um, the, the first line there right before that. It's just like, after John had been arrested um, for doing exactly what Jesus is about to do, Jesus then did that thing, um, and it's just uh, a reminder of like how scary that can be um, for for Jonah and for John and for Jesus. It was very much the threat of like people might arrest me or kill me over this, or at least they you know will you know uh, turn away and say I'm crazy. Um, and we may not have so much today the, the exact role that any of those three guys had um, and we may not have such bleak news uh, we may not have such a big message like that but we do have the obligation to spread the gospel and to tell others the truth about um, Christ and about themselves and that can be a really scary thing um, I remember a number of conversations that I've had with close friends I mentioned hey I, I think that you, you're going down a bad path um, and I wish you weren't, and I'd be happy to help you with that. And that sort of thing. That, that conversation is a terrifying thing, but it's very much the same as here. It's, you know, coming from a place of love, I need to tell you to change your ways. Um, and even though Jonah was, like we said, not the best prophet, he still eventually did it. And because of just him doing it, God brought fruit from that. Um, so it's something to think about, just where in my life have I turned down those opportunities um, or taken them or been on the receiving end of those and someone has told me something and been a prophet to me and I've either listened or not. Yeah, I think kind of like what you're saying, seeing a general theme in the long lines of that is I kind of see like a theme of either hesitation or lack thereof. So from Jonah, obviously there's a little bit, it seems like there's a little bit of hesitation with that, but compared to the people of Nineveh who it instantly goes into, you know, they proclaim fast, and then the disciples in the gospel immediately just goes into, you know, they abandoned their nets and they followed him, and it, there's just this, like, kind of shift in um, how they go about things. But it's interesting, too, because it kind of goes into what you're saying, like, all these diverse backgrounds and these people, they still, without hesitation, will follow Christ and follow God without even, you know, questioning too many things. And so I think about times in my life where I could have just, like, I know so much about my faith, but I still will pause and I will hesitate on things. And so it's just interesting to see all the, the diversity in this and, like, these people, no matter where they are at in their lives, they know that God's promise is the same to each of them. And so that is just, they have so much confidence in that compared to, you know, 
compared to my own life where I'm like, okay, I do too, but at the same time, I feel like I would hesitate so much more in all of this. So, it's just, it, yeah, it reminded me that's just a good thing to think about wherever you're at in your life or wherever you think you need to be at in your life. God's promise to you is still the same. It, you can still put full confidence in that. I have to look at this gospel um, and just think, like, would I have the courage to drop everything as Simon and Andrew and then a little later on James and John um, to just drop everything and follow Jesus um, he called them and didn't give them a whole lot of information and just said come follow me um, and they dropped it and went and while you know fishing was their their profession I guess they recognized in that moment the importance of following Jesus. Um, would each of us have that courage and, and know that um, that that's what we're supposed to do? Um, I mean, I can think of times in my life where I've had a little bit more courage to follow the Lord's call, um, and then times in my life where I was, you know, look back and go. I looked at the situation around and said, absolutely not. Heck no, I'm out of here. Um, you know, that's just too much. Um, but what in that moment gave them them that courage? I mean, I'm sure they were very in, in tune with their faith and had previous um, interactions with the Lord and the Holy Spirit, either knowingly or unknowingly working in their lives um, to give them that um, that little nudge to do that. Um, but they just left their father um, and left their jobs and, and went and followed Jesus. Yeah, and I think that's also what Paul is talking about in Corinthians. It's not that he wants uh, people to uh, act like they don't actually have a wife or... Uh, something like that, because clearly that would not, not go well in anyone's relationship. Uh, you get married and they're like, mm, act like you don't actually have a wife. Um, I think what he's trying to do is is make sure that the people of Corinth understand, like, the way you are thinking is not how Christ wants you to think, or, or the things that you are following are not what Christ wants you to follow. Instead, you have to make the first things first, and that is repent and uh, believe in the gospel. Like, that's the message, right? And, and that even reflects on what Jonah and the people of Nineveh did, is that Jonah gives them the message, repent, right? He, he doesn't, again, he, do, he doesn't get that last part of, like, the kingdom of God is at hand, but they get it on their own. They're able to discern that. And, and Jonah, even with the frustration or even being not the best of the prophets, still did what he was called to do, and he follows what God commanded the same way uh, that John and James were willing to drop everything to follow Christ as well. So. Yeah, I think just to, to tag on to that a little bit, just this image in my mind of like, we, um, you may or may not be familiar with Plato's allegory of the cave. It's cited so often, almost too much, just but also because it's it's such an applicable uh sort of story that he tells you know, I guess that you if someone spent their whole life in a cave just watching shadows on a wall and then they don't realize that there's a bigger world and 
somebody were to come and tell them, it would be difficult to kind of pull them out and to convince them to stay in the real world and everything would be different. I think that's very much what Paul is saying in the um, second reading and what you, Paul, were saying, <laughs> uh, looking at all of it, of just like the things that we have in front of us that we think are so important, that we think are everything, they're, they're really nothing compared to what the real story is. The outside um, the outside world, if you will, the, the bigger story, which is God and his glory, is going on. And if we're going to focus so much on the little things that we're kind of playing with here, we're going to miss out on the big things. So, um, And then that comes back to like the gospel and that James and John and um, Andrew and Peter, or I guess Andrew and Simon at this point, were, were willing to step out of the cave when God came by and invited them to something greater. So we, hopefully we can all, like you said, have the courage to, to do the same thing. All right. Thank you guys for joining us again uh, this week. Uh, we hope that you found this conversation to be fruitful, and we're always uh, open to receiving uh, your feedback, whether uh, it's about these readings specifically or just some different ideas uh, for us with the podcast or coffee chats or whatever it might be. You can always reach out to us at youthministry at allsaintsdallas.org or any of our emails that you can find on the website. Uh, That's all for this week. We'll talk at you again (laughs) next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.